You are getting an on-air coaching call on women taking the lead. You know, I'm at the point that I can balance everything or whatever sense of balance can exist. Um, And I don't want to disrupt that equilibrium. And I think that's at the heart of everything is it would be great to grow and I would love it. And but maybe that's not my goal for right now because maybe that's a goal when Owen is in school or something like that. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I have for you an on-air coaching call, and this was an interesting one. In our careers and our businesses, we are wired to grow, to go for the next big thing, and continue to expand. But what if those changes would prevent you from enjoying the life you have? If growing would mean giving up the lifestyle you've come to love? It can be very confusing to be at odds with these two different drives if you don't know what's at play. Sometimes it isn't obvious, especially if you don't have someone whom you would share all these decisions with, but in my conversation with Nicole Boucher, we got to the heart of the matter, which allowed her to make some plans that would appease both of these drives. Okay, let's get to that conversation. Welcome everyone to Women Taking the Lead. I have for you the third on-air coaching call, and this time I have with me Nicole Boucher, and we have known each other for years, and there's a lot of things she does, and she's going to get into that in a bit for you, but who Nicole is for me and my life is she is somebody who briefly participated in a mastermind group I did a couple years ago. She kind of came in to check it out right as I was like not doing mastermind groups anymore. So she quickly like caught sight of it. And I'm sorry I wasn't continuing because I did want to get to know Nicole more on a professional level. But when I was writing my book and I needed an editor, I reached out to Nicole because I knew she would do a great job. Although this isn't like all that you do, Nicole. I mean, now that everyone knows you edited Accomplished and you have credits on Amazon for that, (laughs) tell everyone um, more about you and about your business. Um, Well, I'm Nicole Boucher and I'm a brand and project manager for small business owners. And that definition is ever changing as I think most things are when you're a small business owner. But I help people who are playing big with their businesses and they need a resource manager on their team so they can take a step back and do more of the things they love or focus on the strategic parts of their business. Um, basically, I provide a way for them to comfortably step away from a project that they have and know that it's getting done um, on time and with accuracy and at a high level of quality. So for example, one client of mine, she runs online summits and workshops, and she is venturing into a new niche. So she's taking the same existing product that she has into a new world. She already has a framework that works. And she wants to offload that work a little bit to someone she knows that she can trust to get it done. So she can just focus on cultivating relationships for that next um, niche that she'll go to and on growing some of her side projects that she hasn't had time for. So um, I like to say I'm the first line of defense to prevent all those little micro requests that end up in a, in a business owner's inbox. And 
it just gives them a way to have a partner for their brand and someone to bounce ideas off. I have an MBA and I've been a small business owner in the small business world for a a while now. And so I think it's really important to have someone that you can bounce ideas off of and just kind of grow your business with. So I really, truly, it's always my goal to become a brand partner with my clients. I love that. And, you know, I have to say, like, as a small business owner too, like, isn't that the dream? And to get to that point, like, we all want to grow, right? And get to the point where we do need help, but that stage can also feel like a blessing and a curse. We want to grow, but then I know a lot of people who try to keep doing the work, the day-to-day work for as long as possible, and they end up you know, a lot of my clients will start with me at this point, they're doing too much work and their personal life is starting to suffer. So in you come to help save the day. And it's so important to have the right person helping you with your business, because if you have somebody who, you know, is unreliable or doesn't know what they're doing, outsourcing can become a bigger stress than just doing it yourself and working all weekend. Yes to all of that. I mean, (laughs) some of the things that I have helped with are to get someone set up to the point that they can outsource. So they bring me in as kind of the first outsource. There are people out there who say your first hire should be, you know, the person who manages your inbox or just start with simple tasks that you can hand off. And the thing with that is that if you're not prepared to delegate anything, and you don't have procedures written or at least a quick video to show them how to do it, it's going to be really uncomfortable on both sides because you're delegating, hoping things get done. And you're probably so busy that you can't even tell them how you want it done. And then you get resentful because then you're saying, well, I could have just done this myself and it would take less time than showing this new person. So even sometimes I come in a project that I'll help with, it's just getting things buttoned up and organized because some people have their paper list tasks. They need to get it virtual in order to have help come in. Um, so that's a project I've helped people with. And I do have a corporate background in policy and procedure. So that's where that kind of came in. Um, and from the growth perspective, I'm at that point with my own business where I've grown to a point that it's probably not sustainable for me to be doing all of the one-on-one work that I am. And I'm really, this is my struggle right now. And probably what we'll talk about most of this coaching call is how do I scale this up? And what do I start outsourcing? And all those questions that all the people I help, I need a, I need to clone myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's so funny. It's so true. I hear this saying all the time. I find myself saying it all the time. We teach what we need to learn. Right. 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 And when I find when my business is suffering is when I need to take my own coaching system and apply it to myself. I should go through my own worksheets and I should go read my book again and that sort of thing. It's like, yes, we learn these things and we know these things and we teach them to other people, but we focus all that energy outward that we forget to take care of ourselves and take care of our own businesses. That's such a good point. I mean, one of my quarter goals the last quarter was to start documenting my own processes and steps for things so I could hand them off more successfully because I have tried um, to outsource in the past and little tasks here and there, but I haven't been able to successfully hand off some bigger things. And I'm hoping that that step is coming soon because I have found someone, given her some test projects, giving her my instructions. And I'm really loving this video screen recorder that I use. And so she can hear me, see my face and see my screen and get it all 
um, from me directly. And it takes so much less time than writing something out. So I'm working on doing the things I do for other people for myself. But I definitely know that I, um, the day of the week I have blocked off to work on my own business often gets crowded by, okay, let's do that client project or that thing I said yes to that I probably should have said no to, mm-hmm. um, keeping those <laughs> boundaries in place, right? All right. I love this. So we've started to get a, a, a peek in the window of what's going on for you. So kind of give us more of a description of the challenge you're faced with right now, you know, you want to outsource, you've started the process, you're doing things, but there must be, there's probably something else that's, that's the big challenge in this equation. I think the biggest challenge is that I don't offer a cookie cutter product for each client. It's very much based around what their project is or what they need support with. So in trying to scale up to be maybe like a project manager resource where I have people under me who are like junior project managers that kind of take my philosophy and approach and apply it to the business. I can't get there yet because I feel like I offer a customized product to each client, um, which in and of itself isn't bad, but it's also hard to scale. And you know, I need to be charging what that is worth. And so that's kind of the biggest struggle I have right now is how do I outsource something that's so customized? Okay. When you talk about a cookie cutter approach versus what you're doing, give me some examples of, you know, what a cookie cutter type business would look like versus some of the projects that you're working on. So I'd say a cookie cutter um, business in my type of model where you're selling a business to business service would be Um, someone who comes in and maybe does like an SEO or marketing audit of your website. So they come in and they look at your website, they look at your social media presence, and they have like a checklist of 15 things or 75 things that they go through. And they can answer each and every single one of those. It might be different for your website versus my website. The results are certainly different. But the process that they go through is exactly the same no matter who their client is. And so that's what I would call cookie cutter, something that can be mass replicated and you could train other people to do it. From my perspective, it's, you know, I have a client who is, she needs help with her content, managing her content, repurposing her content, getting it on, you know, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Medium, and without having to generate something new every time. So this is something where it's more of the strategy piece. It's organizing the materials and the projects and getting everything in a way that's easy to be used, easy to pull from, repurposing it in a new way. So this is something that's very much customized to what she needs. It's in my wheelhouse and I do this type of service with other clients, but it's always very specific to the platforms they're on, where their clients are and where they want to grow, which every one of those platforms has a different strategy. So that's where it feels too customized to be able to hand off to someone else right now. Mm-hmm. And when you think of the someone you would hand off in, because what I'm hearing in this equation is you could do it. So that means somebody else could do it, but it's not going to be the same person who can get, take a 75 step SEO audit and just check off one box at a time. Yes. Um, I definitely need uh, probably a higher level person like who has project management experience, maybe even just a junior, even if it's not formally project management, but just an organized taskmaster who's not afraid to make some decisions. Um, and try new ways of organizing 
the mess of content and um, resources we use as business owners and pulling everything together to see that big picture view. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that piece that I need a higher level person, but then it's the chicken and the egg, right? I'm not at a revenue level that I can hire someone at that level. And I need to start more junior. So where I'm starting junior is, okay, I'll do the framework work, but anything that's a little more administrative, I can teach to them. And also on that journey, show them a little bit of what I do. So hopefully they can grow into that role of the project manager with me in the business. Okay, that's great. So at first I was thinking in my mind, I was picturing two type of people, like you would have one person who could do more of the standard work for you, build them up, but in the hopes that someday you could hire the higher level person, but actually what might actually work better for your your business is to have somebody who grows into that role. Yeah, I think that I think either way will work. It all depends on who I meet and their skill sets. But I definitely have thought through that it probably makes more sense to have someone grow with it because, like I said, my clients are all on different platforms, WordPress, Squarespace. They're trying to grow on different platforms, social media or um, wherever else, you know. So there's all these different ways and each one is using something different. So I need to have someone who maybe that ends up being two people. I have someone who kind of masters one, you know, social network or whatever it may be and and move from there. So I'm trying to view this as an agency, um, but I'm still very much in the beginning stages of even having my first person. So it's hard to kind of level that agency view and where I could potentially go with where I am today. And is that really where I want to go and what I want to do and all the imposter syndrome stuff that comes along with it, where I second guess if that's the right direction and, and all of that. Okay. That's perfect that you went there because what often happens and people who've been listening to the podcast have probably noticed this too. When somebody presents a problem, they immediately present the solution. That's perfect. Right. And I'm saying that a lot on the podcast, like, oh, it sounds like you've already got it all kind of figured out and there's a plan. You just have to work it. But now what we're talking about here is you've got this plan, but you're immediately starting to feel doubt about it. Okay. Tell me about that. Where, what's going on? I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Really, I've been in business for myself for over two years now. And I know very much about myself that I'm a learner and doing the same thing over and over is great for a little while, but I always need to try something new. And so this is my idea right now. And this is where it's going and I'm enjoying it. But I know myself, I know maybe in six months, that's not what I want to be doing. So I've been wrestling with, do I build this as an agency or work toward that? And then that frees up my time and ability for those side passion projects, whatever they may be. Mm -hmm. Or do I just keep this as a one-on-one thing, focus on my family? And my original goal of even having this business was the flexibility to stay home with my young son. And now he's in daycare five days a week because I'm so busy with work. And I don't know if that's my why anymore. So there's this whole piece of it that is just, is that where I want to be going? And, or should I be just happy with what I have and accepting that I'm paying my bills and supporting myself and my family? And I war with it because some days I really like the flexibility to go to daycare early and have a fun day at the children's museum. 
And other days I'm very much working Saturday and Sunday, even if it's just during nap time or something. Um, so I war with this. Okay. So what I'm hearing is there's a side of you that loves the idea of having this agency that could bring in more money, more clients, more of these passion projects. But at the same time, like somewhere in that vision, you have an idea that that's going to also be more work, more stress, you know, and it'll take away from some of the other things. And then so there's this other part of you that's like, well, maybe you should just let that go. Stay small, stay, you know, independent and single. Um, Maybe have this one person you outsource a little bit of work to, but that would give you some freedom and flexibility. You summarize that so well. (laughs) That's exactly like what's at war with me right now. And um, I can be a workaholic and I know that. And Mm -hmm. Um, I also try to keep the ecosystem of my family is always in my mind because my husband is also a workaholic and, you know, he's the one who provides the healthcare right now too. Um, so he comes home and he's stressed and I want to give him the opportunity to come home and not have to worry about, you know, helping clean or get dinner on the table and all that. He very much steps up and that's part of his role in the household and we don't have any issues around that. But I also know that I'm the flexible one. And that's part of the arrangement of me working flexibly is to keep that ecosystem in balance. Mm -hmm. So I very much feel like this weight is on my shoulders more so than anyone else in the household. You know, my three-year-old doesn't care (laughs) if the house is clean or not. Um, But I definitely feel like, okay, it's a war of like what clients are wanting, what the family needs, and trying to fit in some self-care time with that. And um when I think about becoming bigger and playing bigger, I want that. And I know deep down, if you ask me like 20 years from now, I want to have that, that big legacy. I want to help so many business owners. I, they need this thing. They, they need help to grow big. I want them to stop playing small. And so I'm there with them, but I also am scared of it. And I know that it's going to be more work upfront at least. And I don't know what that's going to do to the balance I have going on right now in my whole life. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So this is a lifestyle question and a question of values, right? Because yes, 20 years from now, having this amazing legacy will be great, but you won't feel good about it if you look back and go, I I didn't get to spend time with my son. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, I did my my part to support the family and, and, and all of that. So, yeah, so that's also warring with you as well. So when we talk about values, um, you know, I have a, a worksheet that I have my clients go through, but I think it's pretty easy from this conversation to kind of pull out some of the values that you already have. Family's a big one, right? And partnership, um, also service, right? Because you also talked earlier about saying yes to things you wanted to say no to, but they were important to you, right? You wanted to be of service. The service is important to you as well. So those things are all going to play into the decision you make about your business. What about the lifestyle you want to live? If you could put aside all of the notions of what success is and what other people want for you, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? I feel like I'm living it right now, honestly. Um, 
our home is happy and warm. I have a three-year-old that I love to spend time with. We played board games for an hour last night and it was great. Um, you know, my husband and I are in a great place. We are each other's best friends. We've been married seven or eight years now and it doesn't feel like it's been that long. It's been easy and I want it to stay that way. And I think part of my fear might be that you know, I'm at the point that I can balance everything or whatever sense of balance ex- can exist. Um, and I don't want to disrupt that equilibrium. And I think that's at the heart of everything is it would be great to grow and I would love it. And but maybe that's not my goal for right now, because maybe that's a goal when Owen is in school or something like that. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm living what I want to be living right now. Right. And from conversations we've had previously to let everyone else in on it too, is your clients love you and you're not having a problem getting hired. No. Right? So this is what's causing the problem. Things are going so well that it's starting to conflict with how you want to live your life. Yes. Yes. And that's part of it is I love my clients. Most of them I've worked with for a year. Um, And I don't know many small business owners that can say, you know, I've been in business two years and some of my, I just let go of my first client. I had to let her go because I had to build space and she knew it was coming and it was great and wonderful. And, you know, we have each other on speed dial if needed, but it was, you had to say goodbye to some of that stuff. And I work entirely off referrals right now and it's been great. And so, yeah, I'm at that point where like, I have so much business that, do I, I could get more clients if I asked for them. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know if I want that or need that right now. And my, I don't need to invite that in my life because I really do become a partner to these businesses. And when they're, you know, having a sale or trying something new, I'm all in with them as if it's my own business. And that's a lot of, it's not that I'm attaching personal value to it because I do separate myself enough to be like, well, it, it fails. It's not really you know, it's a joint. There's many reasons. It's not, I'm not taking that on my shoulders, but I do feel their successes and um, challenges along the way. And I do everything I can. I go above and beyond, you know, just doing one extra thing here or one extra thing there, just because I want it to be a success for them. Um, So there's that service piece again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And the partnership piece too, right? Service and partnership right there. So Can you see now why when you think about hiring a whole team of people that would separate you from your clients, why that feels painful for you at this point? That's such a good point. Um, I don't know, because I think I have such a relationship with them and partnership is important to me. So I do feel like if I'm letting someone else do some of that work, that it's getting in the way of what we've built or why they love working with me. Right. And here's the thing, our, like our values, our values don't necessarily evolve, but how they play out in our life does evolve right now for you. Partnership with your clients is, is a very intimate relationship where you feel like you're part of their business and they're part of yours. You know, you may evolve to a point where it doesn't have to look like that. Partnership means you're there for the first meetings. You're part of the the team that gets the ball rolling. And then you're part of the check-ins, but you don't have to be a part of everything that goes on along the way. So, but for right now, you like being a part of that. 
you know, just like with your son at the age he is, he's three years old. It's, it's very much like, it's very intimate. It's, it's a lot of quality time, but when he's 13, it's, you know, you're, you're going to be lucky at dinner time, <laughs> Right. If you ask him a question and he actually gives an answer. Yeah, right. right. So why would you not want to enjoy that right now? Right. Yeah. While you have this time. So I think part of it is just recognizing that it's your business and you get to decide. And if your business isn't serving your lifestyle and your values, what is it serving? It's definitely, definitely would not be serving you. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. So he, here we are at this point. All right. So you're feeling kind of good with this. If you were to say how you would like your business to evolve over the next 10 years, what might, what might that look like? I don't know. I don't know that I've allowed myself to think that far ahead. Um, and I'm a very futuristic thinker. I I don't know. How about the next year or two? If you were to able to maintain your lifestyle, keep like you said, keeping that har- harmony is what I heard or equilibrium, you know, going for the next couple of years, what what would need to what how would your business be evolving or changing or would it I think in the next year, what I really want to be focusing on is maybe a smaller number of clients with a bigger role in mm-hmm. their business. Um, I kind of started taking those steps later this year and successfully asking clients like, hey, I think you need a bigger role here. Is that something you'd be interested in? And um, shifting so that way I'm not running 10 little projects. It's more about running for bigger projects or relationships. So um, that's what I'd like to keep working toward. The problem I end up with is that I get referred out a lot because people know I can get it done. And so I'll accept like a little project here or there. And so that's partly me saying yes. And, um, but I need to just build that in. Like I have these ongoing clients that are always going to be there and I have, you know, one or two slots for just the mini things that come into my inbox and um, making sure that after I say yes to that one for that month or that quarter or whatever it is, I say no to the rest. Right. Yes. Um, or put them on a wait list. Just say there's a wait list. <laughs> um, so I've started trying to get better about that and envisioning what I want this to look like over the next year. So I definitely see that being the moves I'm making for next year. Beyond that, um, my son will be starting school in a year and a half. Uh, so I'm not sure how that's going to affect, you know, I don't think kindergarten's full day here yet. So I know that's going to change my business a little bit. And so I think that fewer clients, bigger relationship will probably still work for that. And then once he's in school full time, I I would like to grow this to be bigger um, when it can be my primary focus again. Uh, I just enjoy what I'm doing and I want to keep doing this. I don't see an end of my business in sight. Awesome. So there's no big decisions you have to make right now. You're actually in a really good place. Yes. Maybe that's why like, I get in my head where I'm just like, what's 
you know, what's going to come wrong, you know, and I feel like everything's okay right now. <laughs> right. Okay. So I want to like sum up what I heard in, in some possibilities, but also talk about something that you mentioned earlier. Um, so you have somebody you're outsourcing to now, the benefit of having fewer clients and working on the same projects, you know, consistently is you can train that team member on exactly what they need to know for these particular clients. So you can still, even though you're working on bigger projects, it doesn't mean you're working the weekends to get these projects done. You'll have a team member who will know like your clients the way you know your clients. Um, Yes. Uh, I love that you have some openings for some smaller projects because that's how you meet potential new clients. Because as much as we'd all like to think like the same client would stay with us for five years, their businesses evolved or, or they decide to pivot or do something different, you know, so we do want to have a pipeline of potential clients and you may find that you really enjoy a particular client that you worked on a smaller project with. Yeah. And I've also found that it's a great way to satisfy the like learner mentality in myself where I always want to be trying something new. I'm not, I'm not like going skydiving or anything like that, but I like to learn new things and new systems and new approaches to things. So I found it to be a great outlet to find out one, what what people need, people who might be my clients need. And two, just, you know, kind of flexing that muscle a little bit. Um, So those projects have actually been kind of fun and which is probably why I say yes to them too much. Okay. So you led right into the thing I wanted to follow up on where where you're the type of person where you, you need something new and fresh and exciting. You need a challenge, right? If you're working with the same clients doing, I mean, bigger projects, but probably typically the same type of work, different, you know, different colors, different people, but the same type of work um, over and over again, you'll get bored. Okay. So these projects give you that fresh, exciting feel in your business as well, but you're saying yes to too many right now, or this, the person you outsource to isn't ready to take on enough of the other work to allow you more time freedom to take on these smaller projects. So let's figure out that for the time being. Um, go ahead. You, you yeah, I think, I mean, you, you've got it right there. This, the person that I've literally just brought on in the last month isn't there yet to take on some of my regular work. And um, I've got it on my, I haven't started my 2018 goal planning, but I know that one of the major things I want to do is to to log what I'm doing for these clients. I already, you know, in the last two weeks, kind of wrote profiles for each of the clients, like who they are, who their brand is, how long we've been working together, you know, what our relationship is like, just so that way that person I've brought on can see a glimpse into what, how important it is to me and what the types of roles that we play for that client. And so I definitely think that that's on the deck for probably first quarter of next year is to continue saying like, okay, these are the things I do for them. And I even told this person when I brought them on that my goal to bring someone on wasn't necessarily to, you know, work three days a week or have all this extra time for myself. It was more about providing a higher level of service to my clients. So there's, there's that theme again. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that's what I want to do is outline what I do for them and how we can, however we can make things better for our client and go from there. 
Okay. Um, I'm writing a note because I'm going to send you the worksheet that I give my clients on values. I, I think we hit the high ones, but it's good to know like what your top values are so that you can make sure they're present in your decision making to some extent, you know, for actually not to some extent, to a large part, your art, you know, this is naturally happening in your business, like service and partnership are all important. But without being aware that these are the values, when other things start conflicting with our values, we don't, if we're not aware of what our values are precisely, we don't understand the conflict that we're experiencing. Right. And I was just going to say that, you know, I just in talking, you've seen these values come out, but I never would have been able to label them myself that they were there. So Mm -hmm. just being aware, okay, that makes sense. Those words can really describe how I approach my business in my life right now. Yeah. This is what I do. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my superpowers, but yeah, that's important because right now, like ah, I see this time and again, where somebody is doing fine, but they're feeling conflict because they're like, well, maybe I should be doing something else and all that stuff. But when we look at the values and the lifestyle that they want to live, it's like, you are on the right path. You don't have to worry about this. And then like when you can feel validated in the decisions that you're making and where you're going, like then you can just enjoy your business. Yeah, I, 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 that all resonates. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to send that worksheet to you. Okay. So in the meantime, it sounds like there's going to be a small window where with the work you're outsourcing, she's not getting enough of it to alleviate a lot of your time, but you're taking on these extra projects. So I either you know, want you to get to a place where there are some clear boundaries around how many you take, or at the very least that you're consciously aware, okay, if I take this project on, that means there's going to, it like something's going to have to shift. Yeah, I definitely need to work on that. And I, I will, I have a vacation scheduled for February, which is a good hard deadline to be like, I can't do it. Like I'm just getting the things I have done on my plate right now, done before that vacation. So I think I'll just put that line in the sand right now. That's my boundary. I have a vacation coming up and I can't accept anything else because I will be away for a week and a half. So awesome. Okay. So now you have between now and February to, to decide how you're going to handle it. Cause right before you go on vacation, what's going to happen is, well, can you talk to this person because, you know, or at least set up the meeting for when you come back from vacation or talk to them before right. vacation, the work's not going to start until after. So before that happens, So probably, you know, by the end of the year, first week in January, I want you to have an idea of how much time you have or how many smaller projects you can take on. And I also want you to have a list of what's going to have to take the hit if you take on more projects than you can handle, at least in your mind. So it might be quality time with your son, you know, keeping the household up in, in the way that makes you feel good, you Mm -hmm. know, your own hobbies, you know, and some of the other things that you're involved in, you know, just, just so you're consciously aware, because oftentimes we do this where we say yes, when we want to say no, and then we pay the price later, not consciously aware of what's going to take the hit, you know, but something will. Yeah, put them right side by side. Yes, right, and that makes it yes, then this will happen, and that makes it easier to say no to things, Mm -hmm. you know. And 
or you know, who knows, there may be a project that comes along where you're like, oh my God, this is such a great opportunity. It's okay if the house is a little messy for the next month because this project will be worth it. But you'll consciously know, and you can also let your husband know ahead of time, like, hey, here's the deal. Like, here's the sacrifice we're going to make for the next month, but this project is so worth it. Yes. Right. And he sounds like the type of guy who would support you and be on board with that. Yes. Yes, he would be. Awesome. We make things work when it gets like that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay. Anything else? Any other area where you're feeling the the self-doubt? I don't think so. I think you've kind of alluded to it when you said, you know, things are going well and you're you're on that path and needing that validation that that's okay to stay there. And, you know, I know I could be bigger and making more money. And if that's where I wanted to put my focus and energy. So I think just saying it's okay to myself to put that on hold right now, because I do have other things that are just as important to me right now in my life. And I want to reiterate that also for, for the other women who are listening too, who might have small children or they're taking care of elderly parents. Like, you know, if you need to, you know, adjust your business around your life, it doesn't mean your business isn't successful, right? Like success is really based on how do your clients feel about the work that you're doing? And are you earning enough money to be able to pay for the lifestyle you want to live and to take care of the people that you love? If the answer is yes, there's a lot of flexibility. I think we have in in our heads this idea, like if I'm going to go into business, I, you know, the whole like, you know, go big or go home. Mm-hmm. mentality that hustle, I think is hustle, hustle. That is like <laughs> on my pet peeve list of words. <laughs> right. I want to banish the word hustle. And I know I've had conversations with other women about this, especially if you are type A and you are a go-getter and you're ambitious. Hustle is just a, a not a good word to be repeating to yourself or hearing out in the world because you're, you're if you're type A and ambitious, you are already pushing yourself to your limit. And to have this mantra of like, you got to hustle, will not cause you to make good choices. <laughs> Let's just say that it, for yourself and in your business and you'll, you'll head towards burnout. You have to take care of yourself and the rest of your life while you're taking care of your business. Yeah, I have definitely learned that those nights where I'm like, I'll just get it done after bedtime or whatever. I know I'm a morning person. I know I'm not a night, night owl. Whenever I make that conscious choice to say out loud, I'm going to get that done after Owen goes to bed, it's not going to happen. I'll feel guilty about it. I'll not sleep well because it'll keep popping into my head whenever I wake up in the middle of the night, like, oh, those are the things I should have been working on. It's So I just make sure to turn my business brain off at, you know, four o'clock or whatever it is on that particular day, I know I can't get it done after bedtime, but it was definitely a battle to learn that. Like, stop <laughs> saying you're going to do it and get it done. And you should be hustling after bedtime and all that. Like, I just, it's not going to happen. I fall asleep, right? I fall asleep in my son's bed with him. You know, it's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to pull, I'm not going to wake up out of his bed, walk to my office, turn on my computer and work. Like it's just not. And start working again. No, and you make a great point, Nicole, how important it is to know your own rhythms and know what works for you and go with that. If morning time is the time when you work best, that if something didn't get done on a particular day, I'm going to start fresh tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. So for those of you listening, if you have not spent some time identifying when the 
best times of day or best days of the week are for you to get certain things done. You really need to know that because that it's, it's about working smarter, not harder, right? You don't have to hustle if you're working smarter. You know, you can get it all done in the time allowed, but pushing yourself and forcing yourself to do things that you're just not, not in the right state of mind to do will get you nowhere. All right. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. Keep me caught up. I'm going to send you that worksheet and then keep me caught up on how everything is going. But I have to say, it sounds like you're doing awesome. So congratulations. Thank you. And happy holidays. I know we'll see each other soon, I'm sure. Thank you again, Nicole, for being so open and vulnerable about what's going on for you in your business. And for the rest of you, do you have some decisions to make, but you're finding yourself spinning or resisting making a move? When you think about where your career or business is going, does it make you worry or feel stressed about what life is going to look like if you keep going in the direction you're going? I want you to reach out to me to see if we can't talk through some of these things. I have a variety of ways that someone can work with me without needing to make a big investment for a coaching package. Reach out to me at Jodi, J-O-D-I, at womentakingthelead.com and let's start the conversation. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.